0: You are now listening to the Grio's Black Podcast Network, Black Culture Amplified. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to Dear Culture, the podcast for buying about Black culture here at the Grio Black Podcast Network. I'm your host Panama Jackson, and we have a special guest here today. Somebody who, if you listen to this show, I'm fairly certain you listen to at least one of the many shows that this brother is a part of. Uh, but I'm gonna give, make sure I give him a proper introduction from south baton rouge south baton rouge right from from, from the ssb the ssb as, as i was taught by boosie author author of the, the recently released book fat crazy and tired tales from the trenches of transformation which i have right here uh podcast i don't know where you get the time to do all this but i'm gonna run down some of these i listen to all of them so higher learning with rachel Lindsay, the prestige podcast you do with charles holmes to talk about atlanta which we're gonna we're gonna get to at some point because i got to talk to yeah. you about that uh, uh-huh. The Midnight Boys that you also do with Charles Holmes. Uh, you had the way down in the whole podcast about The Wire yeah. uh, with Jamel Hill at one point. Uh, the rewatchables. Every time there's a, a black movie, I'm always listening. <laughs> You're almost always there, so I listen to I listen to all the other stuff too. But I'm always specifically tuned into all the black movies. Yeah. Uh, one of your more famous moments, the Kanye Checker. Sure. Uh, that would be Kanye of Kanye West fame, who needs yeah. to know uh, <laughs> nothing more. And most recently, and part of the reason why we're here today, unfortunately, in timely fashion, is a show that you're a part of, uh, you're the host of on Weed TV called Hip Hop Homicides. Yeah. Um, So, ladies and gentlemen, please put your hands together for the one, the only Van Lathan Jr. Uh, Digital hand claps. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, How you doing, brother?
1: One of the best introductions I've ever gotten. I'm doing well, man, as well as can be expected. But uh, thank you for having me today,
0: sincerely yeah I'm glad to have you here uh you're somebody who you're I'm a pop culture commentator that's literally what you are what you do that's why we all know who you are um I'll start from assuming you're a wonderful person but I know you from all the pop culture stuff that you do uh it's like literally my bag 100 my bag is almost everything that you talk about um I was gonna start somewhere else but because of the unfortunate news that we all got this morning once officers arrived, they came upon a male who was deceased. Uh, that male has been identified as Kursnick Ball, better known as Takeoff. When you heard about the news that Takeoff was senselessly killed this morning in Houston, Texas, um, I saw that this morning when I woke up. Like, what were your first thoughts?
1: You know, I would love to say that my first thoughts were about takeoff's friends, his family, um, the people around him that would uh that would, you know, immediately and most directly feel his loss. But I was angry. Um I'm not sure how many people are are, are feeling these same set of emotions, but I was mad. I'm angry. I'm angry that a twenty eight year old man is gone forever. And right. it seems to fit into this a weird rhythm, this staccato rhythm, but very real every two, three months, every six months, uh, we lose a, a human being that happens to be a rapper um, and we just have to deal with it. Uh, it take off, if you being a cultural critic, you know that Takeoff and the Migos right. are one of the biggest acts in the history of hip hop. They Absolutely. changed sound, the rhythm of hip hop. Uh, these brothers were brothers that made it from, you know, North Atlanta to Mountain Dew to being the voice of the NBA Finals. Like they had, they had made it. They were out. They were gone. Really made Over. it. They were it was it was finished you had a feeling that the book on the migos had been started from something ended up somewhere and so so for this uh this pain and this violence to boomerang and come back and meet people at the top of where they are it makes it sometimes feel like we're living in a black hole where there's no escaping some of the social ills that we thought that we could escape in the past and it's just a sobering reminder every time something like this happens. Yeah, you know
0: I had to write an article about this this morning. First thing as soon as I knew what happens, I get hit up like you got to write the article or or do you have any thoughts, which is code for you need to go write this article. Yeah. And one of the first things I did I was like, man, they they Look, I'm I'm 43. So I grew up in the Tupac Biggie era, the, 90, my, the, the 90s of my golden era of hip-hop. I'm right from down south. You know, Atlanta's home for me. Um, not the north that way, but the west side that way. Yeah. But, you know, they, as much as much flack as I wanted to give them early on for, you know, the whole... Sure. The, cur- the current culture of hip-hop, it is, I'm like, they'd made it. Just like you said, they'd made it. Like, culturally, yeah. they were as significant as any group. They... Yeah. The car, their carpool karaoke episode is legend.
1: But you know yeah. what, twenty thousand life and was <laughs> hurricane. It was more like a flood, not like not a rain. And then you just
0: you more like a flood. <laughs> yeah. Man. Like even though even though takeoff wasn't on the song bad bougie, like bad bougie was a cultural moment. You yeah. know, like they they had an album called culture. You know what I'm saying? Like they literally had gotten to as far as you could get. So when I saw the news, it hit a little bit different for me than than some other rappers because I'm more familiar with with migos and other groups right that are newer you know what i mean like i'm familiar i know everybody's name i know who they're married to i know kids names you know what i'm saying they're so essential to what we do now that it just like i don't know that i was angry so much as i'm just like frustrated like sad and frustrated that this is the kind of news i can wake up to and i'm not surprised that i'm waking up to it (laughs) that it keeps happening and like you said, even the, the people who've reached the highest heights mm-hmm. are still dealing with the exact same things of the folks that we think are are still way too connected to the streets. That, that's the part that, that bothers me the most. It's like, like you said, if, if you can't get here and be insulated from this
1: type of stuff, where's the hope? Like, what, yeah. what exists for, nothing, for everybody else? Then There's no path to, like, the American dream As people sort of express it. Uh, a lot of people has think it has to do with money. Um, whenever you hear somebody talk about the American dream, they talk about things that you can acquire that put you in proximity to it, or give you, right. you know, give you it right. A white picket fence. I was like, white picket fence. I never know anybody that had one of those, but I've never you know that, actually <laughs> had yet. <laughs> I must, nobody nobody know has a white picket fence? You don't have a white picket fence, just don't have a fence. This right? it's very small. We could jump. Right- anyway, um, so the home, the picket fence, all of those things. I never really view the American dream like that. I think that the American dream is about safety. It's about having an existence in America where you feel unassailed. Where all of that stuff its economic safety. You live in a great neighborhood. It's uh, it's actual physical environmental safety. It's getting to a point in America because America is such a eternal capitalistic tug of war to where you're no longer pulling at anything. You have a family, you're taking care of them, you're there. The dream is to no longer have to sort of uh, beat yourself up to get to a place or sacrifice to get to a place. It's something that you've now achieved you get to have the life, liberty, and pursuit of happiness that the country says that you're entitled to, right? You're now safe. You've acquired the safety as an American. Um, I think the thing that angers me is it seems like for a lot of us that that safety is inaccessible. It doesn't matter. You'll never get it. Um, And I know that we know that. (laughs) you know what i mean i know that we know that but i'm 42 right and getting to this point in life and realizing and being reminded every single time that you are unsafe that that dream is like unachievable that it doesn't seem like you'll ever be to a point because one of us is all of us right so i don't feel safe if they kill takeoff i don't feel safe if they kill fbg duck I don't. I look in the mirror and I can't. And maybe that's the thing with me. I can't not see myself in these brothers. But like, right. I can't. Like I, I feel the oneness with them. But like, I feel the same. and Maybe that's. My, maybe that's on me. Maybe I'm just emotional. I got anxiety. All of that stuff. Yeah. So when I see this happening, like I'm mad. I'm mad that a member of the family. I I don't know the details of this. Is still sketchy, right? It's still sketchy. We don't, there are so many different stories coming out. Right. There's a lot coming out. There's a lot coming out. But I know one thing already. It wasn't worth it. I don't need any more details or any, I don't need a forensic account of what happened. I don't need the streets account of what happened. I don't need eyewitness accounts of what happened to know one thing. It wasn't worth it. Yeah. So that's that. And now, once again, we're left to be in this RIP culture where everyone gets to have a memory and everyone gets to have a thing and it's on the Thanksgiving in a couple of weeks. I'm sick of it. I'm not trying to be holier than now. I'm not trying to be Dr. King for y'all. Nothing. I'm just a mad 42-year-old black man. You know, so that, I mean, that kind of...
0: That's, this segues perfectly into the show that you're hosting, right? Because the first episode's called hip. it's called uh, Hip Hop Homicides. So yeah. this literally throws you right in the path of exactly what you're talking about, this RIP culture, right? I mean, you're the first
1: episode is about pop smoke.
0: How many times do we have to see this in hip hop?
1: If pop stars were being killed at this rate, there would be an uproar about it. They'd be at war.
0: Young True. brother, 20, even younger then then takeoff, who was 28 sounds so young i remember when i was like 16 or when, when pop died i think i was 16 and i thought 25 was old right you get to 25 it's like well i'm still a child yeah i'm 43 now and i'm looking at 28 like good god how much life did you have you know if yeah. if i died at 28 my daughter my kids wouldn't be here you know what i mean like none of i wouldn't i wouldn't be where i am today if if 28 was the end of the line for me so you know but pop smoke is 20 you know he's yeah. even younger than that yeah why do you think a show like this is important? I mean, and this throws you right back into having to think about this stuff all the time and, and delve into it. So, you know, for your own personal like state of mind and also just storytelling and what you're doing, like why is a show like this necessary?
1: So the show is 50 Cent Mona Scott Young, I got a shout out to them, Vanessa Satin and everybody that came up with the idea for the show. When the we been talking about doing the show for a long time. I remember we first okay. had meetings about the show in 2019. So, you know, things were, things were different than they even are now uh, right. when we were talking about doing it back in 2019. Um, I think the show, for me, is important because of the common threads in all of these stories. I think it's important to talk about problems as if they are solvable. Okay. Because what we tend to believe as human beings... And I think that it's it's something that we do to protect ourselves, is that we start to believe things as these eternal, intractable, um, ever-present, never-moving problems that you just have to live with, that you just have to deal with. It's just a part of the daily existence. If we think about many things like this, we think about, you know, as to be a part of the American system, you have to look at income inequality like that. Well, you know, if there's going to be Jeff Bezos and there's got to be somebody sleeping on the street. Well, the reality is there doesn't have to be either. (laughs) You know what I mean? That's true. That's that's a fact. (laughs) There there, there doesn't have to be either, right? There's a different way to do this where nobody has to sleep on the street. And when I say nobody, I mean, nobody who doesn't want to do it. Um, but the, that takes that that t- it takes somebody to get you out of that, to arrest you out of that. And when you're looking at the show Hip Hop Homicides, you see such a commonality between all of these stories. And it was one of the things that really fascinated about, uh fascinated me about it when I started looking at it was that these are these are stories that span decades from different places. But they're common mistakes that were made. They're common themes in all of them. And that, to me, means that there's something that can be done about it. And I'm not just talking about as it relates to rappers. I'm talking about as it relates to the people that there are no murals for, that there are no songs written about, yeah. that there are no Reddit forums about. Uh, and it also just reminded me that, and it's going to remind a lot of people, I think, that there's an entire generation of black men who are living in war zones and we're pretending like it doesn't exist. Like, we visited, and we didn't, we didn't give you guys a 1,000-mile view of this. Wherever this stuff was happening, we were there. We were on O Block. We're on 63rd. We're in Lauder Hill, right? We were in New Orleans in the Ninth Ward and the Third Ward, right? We were in Canarsie, where Pop Smoke is from. We are in Compton. Southside Chicago, Englewood, wherever it was, wherever these things were, we 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 put ourselves on the ground there and gave people a lay of the land. And when you see it, you don't want to ignore it. And not only do you not want to ignore it, you don't want anybody else to ignore it either. Hip hop homicides, for me, started off as a show that was a true crime show in a genre that's exploding, obviously, but it right. ended up being an examination. Of cultural dysfunction it ended up being interviews with mothers that were crying and never gonna get sons and daughters back with children who don't have fathers and don't have mothers it ended up being tales of communities that lost people that don't know how to move on it ended up being unheard victims unheard families like people who didn't get a say in things it ended up being something that was really very meaningful to me and really changed me in a lot of ways so I'm excited that people will get a chance to see it, but I hope that they care, man. Like, I, I sincerely yeah. hope that they they care, and I hope that one day <clears throat> this show gets canceled. It's the <laughs> only show I've ever worked on that I hope one day we don't have enough of these situations for us to do anything else about it, for us to That's do any more... Like I hope it's the only show I've ever worked on. That I hope one day we don't have to do it anymore.
0: We've got a lot more to cover with Van Lathan, including his infamous Kanye West encounter, who now goes by Ye, plus a sneak peek from the new show Hip Hop Homicide. Join us next week on Dear Culture. Um, Dear Culture is an original production of the Real Black Podcast Network. I'm Panama Jackson. Uh, My producer is Sasha Armstrong, and Regina Griffin is our managing editor of podcasts. Van Lathan, thank you, brother. Appreciate you. Appreciate all you do. Yeah. Uh, keep working. I don't know how you get the time, but keep doing it. So <laughs> for myself here for the Grio. I'm Panama Jackson. Have a black one.